Bad news on my TV screen, bad news on the magazines, bad news on the newspaper, bad news on the elevator, bad news on the street, bad news on my car, bad news on my feet, bad news out of the bar. And good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales live in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. Hey, Drew. Hello, Alicia. It's our last, very last local coronavirus update. It's the finale. We have been here for a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful of what one suggests. That's the takeaway from this. I cannot believe it became the never-ending radio show. Yes, and there will be people who say we shouldn't end, even yet. Yeah, we have heard from some of them, indeed. But, I mean, that's just a testament to how much people appreciate the show and how valuable it has been, which I agree completely. I don't know what I would have done during the pandemic without the show. So, lots of thanks to you. Well, it's been my pleasure. And we're going to celebrate after the show at 4 o'clock here at the Philo Studio. People are setting up tables. It's going to be a potluck. Fireworks, everything. Oh, God, no. Oh, don't even say it. Come on. No. We're going to have, oh, we are going to have music. Oh. I mean, I brought my guitar. So maybe some other people will bring their instruments. I brought my spoons. (laughs) Oh, hey, I didn't know you played the spoons. I don't. There's some plastic spoons back there. (laughs) We'll make it work. Um, But anyway, we are here to give people the update about what's happening with the COVID pandemic. And it isn't over, so we are going to do a show today. We're going to take your calls. Uh, 895-2448 is the number here in the studio, 707-895-2448. But by way of a wrap-up... What do you got for us? Well, COVID is still here. I've worked pretty much nonstop since our last show last week, and I have seen COVID, I believe, every single day, multiple times a day, in fact. Wow. So In the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People symptomatic with COVID um, or not knowing they had COVID and being diagnosed with it or knowing they have COVID and doing less than well with it. Hmm. Um, so definitely seen it um, and in fairly you know steady numbers. It's I had one shift, I think it was Thursday or Friday, where I think I saw more COVID than I had just about since probably December, actually. So it's out there. It's definitely something you want to be careful around still. Um, the vaccinated among us are you know generally not coming to medical attention um but the unvaccinated are spreading it amongst themselves and some of them are getting pretty sick with it so keeping our year and a half long tradition alive the numbers give us the numbers yes 4,363 confirmed cases of covid in mendoland um up 42 in one week which puts us at almost eight a day um we have 116 in isolation and quarantine currently and positivity is almost four percent 3.8 four people in the hospital two critically sick in the icu Uh, unfortunately no new deaths we're still holding steady at 50. california is now up 14 percent over the rolling uh, seven-day average i believe it is um still very low numbers we're only adding about a thousand cases a day but that upswing uh, really does reflect um how much we're opening up and as we open up the anti or vaccine reluctant or the floridly anti-vaxxers are spreading it amongst themselves keeping it around for all of us 
The U.S. is still trending in a good direction, down 18% over um, a week, only adding about 12,000 cases nationally a day. Um, compare that to high 30,000 in California back in uh, December and January. So those numbers look pretty good. And only 603,000 um, Americans have died from COVID since we started this show. So, you know, very low numbers, obviously. Anyway, it's uh, it's kind of dispiriting, frankly, seeing people I, I with COVID. Am perceiving a touch of dispiritedness. Well, in your I, I, I did just roll out of bed to be sure. So okay, so there's that too. But you you have had coffee. I have had coffee. Yes, and a lot of coffee. <laughs> oh well, uh, but you you are saying you're seeing COVID every day in the ER. That must be pretty dispiriting. It is because it's you know it's preventable, right? It's it's dispiriting the same way that you know you're seeing somebody with a hypertensive crisis who's not taking their blood pressure medicine and coming in with you know either a stroke or heart attack for something that's manageable and treatable. And you know there the opportunity to get vaccinated in this at this point in this county is you know legion um and it's not just a question of access to um health care at this point it's really a question of just the narrative on this going off the rails we offer the covid vaccine in the emergency room so i are anybody who's eligible um, 18 and up, I ask if they've been vaccinated now, which is kind of a health screening question that I ask generally if I have time. And then I offer the vaccine. And boy, I've really gotten a full range of the spectrum um, on the uh, on the unvaccinated. It is from the vaccine hesitant um, to the... Just not sure that they want to Yeah, they're just have the still reluctant. Yeah. I think we've heard from callers like that um, over the year um, or six months since we've had the vaccine um, to the floridly no. You know, just I'm not going to do it, and I don't care what you say or what the facts are. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I've had people who have been quite reluctant to get vaccinated, and if I have the time, I'll circle back and talk to them, you know, over and over again. Bringing so, the syringe with you? Well, and, you know, more than a few people have come around and gotten vaccinated. Um, and that really bespeaks to how. Um, if there's an opportunity to get vaccinated, um, some people will just elect to do it. Um, And, you know, a lot of people have been reluctant will ultimately consent to getting vaccinated just because they're in the department and they want to be done with it. Um, And so they want to sort of be done thinking about whether they're going to get the vaccine or not. And most people are pretty happy when they've been, you know, being administered in the ER. So it's good to see that, but there's still a a robust number of people who are just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Just stubborn, entrenched, not going to do it. Entrenched, you know, I saw, I'll, I'll change the names around a little bit to protect um the innocent identity but i saw somebody (laughs) over the weekend who came in with his heart rate over you know 50 points over normal so he's clicking along at like 130 beats per minute pretty fast you know tachycardic complaining cough and shortness of breath and i was trying to figure out what was going on with him young guy we'll call him mimi doohan (laughs) um and uh you know i was asking do you you know, do you smoke? Have you been vaccinated? Do you use drugs? Any meth? Because meth would be obviously in the differential for that degree of tachycardia. And he's like, no, I'm not vaccinated. I don't want to be vaccinated. I'm worried about what that's going to do to my body. I don't want to put that in my body. Well, lo and behold, he had COVID and meth in his system. So that's what we're dealing with. Somebody who's worried about the purity of his body, um, but 
comfortable with methamphetamine, but not wanting our vaccine that mm, we can offer. Well, maybe it, he knew the ingredients. Uh, yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> anyway, am I too dark for our last uh, show? No, you're, no, you're coming off of many, many days in the ER. I think you're just the right shade. We had a call last week about the durability of immunity, um, and there's actually an article, I think it was just in today's New York Times, sort of reiterating what I stated last week, all of the evidence um, pointing toward really prolonged durability, which is really where we're heading. Um, so if you're interested in checking that out and can get past the paywall in the New York Times, it's an interesting little read. It actually talks about whether we're going to get a booster or not. Um, I had been predicting that we would get a fall booster, but there is still continuing very good evidence that um, the current um, iteration of the COVID vaccines that we have available uh, work against all these variants. Um, and they work in a durable manner, which is to say they produce or invoke an immunity um, that appears to be lasting without any serious degradation over the you know nine months or so that we've been able to study it um and knowing how the immune system works immunologists are predicting that this is going to last for probably years forward which is very good news um so interesting too because the variants um particularly everybody's talking about the Delta variant. Delta, 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 yes. So they're, they're really sweeping through the unvaccinated populations, but mm -hmm. they don't, but they're taken care of by the vaccine that everybody's already got, right? Yeah, so I mean, the, the Delta variant is interesting. What still remains the bigger driver is human behavior, right? I mean, it's it's the decision not to get vaccinated. It's the decision to congregate in, congregate indoors um, amongst unvaccinated people, which is happening now routinely, um, that allows this variant to spread. It might be a little bit more dangerous as a variant um, in terms of producing a, a slightly more serious illness. Um, but what we know about it is that it works uh the vaccine works quite well against it um and so it's really more human behavior that's driving the numbers than the actual um, variants that we're seeing including delta so all of the same behaviors prevent the delta variant as prevent all the other ones same as it ever was yeah, yeah well i mean that's also kind of why this show's coming to an end right it's like everything everything's been said well for now right maybe not i mean I've, i'm sure people feel like there are things that i should continue to say but you know, in terms of life, life years lost in this county, we've had, what, 50 people die from COVID, um, the average age. I don't have it um, in front of me precisely, but I imagine the average age of um, the people who have died from COVID in this county is probably over 70. Um, there have been some fairly young people who have died, succumbed to COVID. Um, but the number of human years lost to COVID um, in this county is, I would estimate, lower than the number of human uh, years lost to opiates in this county during the same time period. Mm -hmm. We've had more young people die from narcotic overdoses or from methamphetamine overdoses in terms of human years um, than COVID. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about narcotic the narcotic or drug problem in this county on a weekly basis. Right. Um, perhaps we should be. I think we should be. Um, but... You because know. for the quality of life and for, you know, exactly like you're saying, the loss of life oh. and just, you know, how it affects and infects everybody in our community. Yeah, it, no, it, it's, it's very I mean, there's so, there's so many things that we 
could and probably should be talking about. COVID was obviously, I mean, think where we've come in a year and a half. I mean, when we started this show, um, we really didn't know much. And there was this abiding sense that things were going to completely fall apart. Um, And there was a real possibility of that. Um, You know, and even even with everything that we've done, we've still had 50 deaths and 4,300 cases in this county alone, with 600,000 Americans dying, even though we shut everything down, even though we managed to get a vaccine rolled out by December of last year. And that's just startlingly bad um, news, startlingly bad numbers. You know, we are number one in the world by a comfortable margin, although Brazil's making a good stab at it, in terms of per capita deaths from COVID. I mean, we're just, I mean, discounting, you know, very small uh, countries um, that have, you know, fairly high deaths. But in terms of large industrialized nations, uh, we are by far and away the worst in the world. And a lot of that is due to how poorly this was handled um, and how poorly or how far off the rails we've gone in terms of a society, in terms of managing information, in terms of being able to process um, good information and filtering out bad information. And I see that every day. I mean, it's it's prevalent um, amongst the people who don't want to get vaccinated. It's just, you know, there's a lot, there's a strong narrative of bad information that has been driving this from the get-go. I mean, President Trump was saying this was going to be, you know, like a miracle and it's going to fade away. And you know, Remember? <laughs> yeah, it's just, so that, that laid the groundwork for a, a catastrophe, which this has been. Um, and it's now just sort of a slow-moving mudslide of badness well i think that has a lot isn't that why you decided you needed to be coming here multiple well, times I, a week there wasn't the show? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of you know good public local discourse on this i mean county health at the time was a, really unable to organize much um and in terms so, of public outreach because in I terms know of any outreach trying so, to trying to do a lot but just in terms of letting people yeah, know what they were up to that yeah was rough. i mean there was there was there was a, a prolonged period of ramping up and trying to get pre- prepared for this pandemic. I mean, it was it was coming. It was seen to be coming late January, and really, we didn't have much organizational structure um, from public health until May or June, even, um, which really got us into the higher numbers. Um, and then California made the boneheaded decision to throw things open um, at the beginning of the summer, and that mm-hmm. led to our surge, and then we just staggered through the fall until we had the second big surge, you know, December, January. Never got to LA numbers. We never got overwhelmed in terms of local health care. And that was a major concern for us. I mean, we were trying to figure out how to put multiple people on one ventilator if we needed remember? to. Remember? And remember the, the tents you had outside the yeah, hospital? I, and I remember the sense of doom that y'all were living with for months and Those months? Those tents were, there was just actually a, a wet bar out there. We would just go out and yeah, Did, have cocktails and then go back out to work. There? No, no, they them as a permanent yeah, installation. Yeah, they've taken them down. So, you know, it's, it's been an interesting experience, to say the least. It's been an honor to be doing this for the last year and a half. Um, but, boy, it's been a learning experience for all of us, right? 
literally i mean we've learned about this pandemic with you every week well we're all epidemi- epidemiologists now exactly. all virologists and you know I, I imagine some of us fancy ourselves you know bat experts at this point or Pangolins. you know unless you're a unless you're a lab escape proponent then uh, then that's the wormhole one can go down as well i just remember the very very beginning i don't even remember how we started doing this i really don't somebody asked and i just i one day we were doing it, and then now we're still doing it. Um, but I just remember at the very beginning, just not wanting you, this. You won't believe this, but not wanting to ask stupid questions because I had no idea about any of this. I didn't know anything about a pandemic. Yeah. I was just learning from zero, like everybody else. Um, but I had questions, you know, and I stuck my foot in my mouth plenty of times. But you know, we all learned together, and now I feel like people who listen to this show have a pretty good grasp on the landscape of it, right? I think so, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's time to wrap things up. I, I think the people who have been listening to us for a year and a half really know the parameters of COVID quite well. Um, the people who don't know the parameters of COVID aren't listening to us, and so you know, it's it, the the value for the KZYX listener shed. I think has reached diminishing. When shall we say it's maxed? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, we do want to though have a full show today, and we still want to answer your questions. And that's actually one thing I love about this is that the phone lines are open for people to ask their own questions because I got plenty of questions, but everybody has you know their their issue that they're curious about um remember in the beginning we had that doctor that would call i know where is he <laughs> where are you people yeah, he, he gave up after a while i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> all the personalities all stuff. the voices i recognize yeah. Yeah. yeah well should we open the phone lines sure look okay. at they're already already lighting 707-895-2448 is the number in the studio 895-2448 hey caller you are live on the air um, yes, hi. Uh, I was um, just uh, looking at some some news uh, on the Weather Channel. They give the uh, uh, COVID reports, and the one today said um, that the Delta variant prompts new COVID mask guidance from the WHO because of the Delta variant, and I... Um, just wondered if uh, you had seen that. I have, yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of countries are actually going back into a partial lockdown mode and requiring uh, masks because this variant is um, significantly more contagious. And so amongst the unvaccinated, it's going to spread much more readily. It's still respiratory, um, airborne droplet type of transmission. We're not, you know, we're not talking the the formites on the door handle is going to give you COVID or the mail or your head of lettuce coming in from the grocery store that we all were worried about back in the early spring of last year. Um, So the mechanism of transmission is still the same. I frankly don't think the narrative on um, COVID at this point is going to move toward any sort of increased restrictions um, in this country um, until the numbers really get bad again. And frankly, I don't think the numbers will get bad again in a a significant way, um, at least not nationally. Um, because we're fortunate enough to have enough people getting vaccinated and we have enough vaccine around to be able to vaccinate anybody else who ultimately decides to get the vaccine. That said, I think we're going to see some pretty hot surges, um, particularly in the south where the vaccine rates are hovering around uh, the mid-30s. Okay, I just uh, was was wondering because it says if you're fully vaccinated, the 
they're they're saying to bring back the mask. Yeah, and I I've been saying the same thing. Um, I you know I I disagreed with the California decision to abandon the masking requirement. Um, I think people should be um, fully required to wear a mask in public places indoors um, for the foreseeable future, but. I'm not the one making the call, um, but that is the WHO recommendation. It's just not, I don't think, required by any state at this point. There might be a few jurisdictions, but even San Francisco, which has been rather uh, forward on this in terms of controlling the pandemic, has walked away from the indoor masking requirement. Um, So... That might change. Um, I can tell you that the WHO is not going to move the needle one iota in this country. Um, whether the CDC can or will, you know, I'm, I'm not terribly optimistic. And so um, just quickly, what is the mask requirement for, say, a business like AT&T coming to check my phone line today? I was told by them that they didn't have to wear a mask on the property unless I asked them. Is that That's true? correct, yes. But if you ask them, then they will. And if they won't, then, you know, most of us have a shotgun. Just <gasps> ah! <laughs> No, seriously, it's... It, 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 I think most people are, respective, uh, are respectful of um, people's comfort levels and will don the mask, particularly if they're indoors. It took you a year and a half to start advocating for mm-hmm. weapons. No, I'm not. Just I'm not. Kidding. I see so much. I just. Uh, I was just curious because, um, like the FedEx driver jumps out without a mask, and by that time he's already out. Yeah, outside, I mean, and so they're not required to wear one. Correct. Now. Is and, that and, what and you're saying? I am saying that, and that I, that I think is actually reasonable because the FedEx driver is not coming into your house. I mean, if he's going into an apartment building, of which we have very few in this county, um, that that would be another thing. But if he's outdoors, just dropping a package on your doorstep, um, that's fine. I don't think they should be required to wear a mask at this point. Now, Even might- if they're unvaccinated. Even if they're unvaccinated, um, you're probably going to want to maintain your distance, and your you, one, the listener, should obviously be vaccinated. But the risk um, if from something like that is quite low if you're vaccinated, even with our you know 3.8% positivity in this county. All right, caller, thanks. The Thank phones you. are ringing off the hook, so let's take another Thank one. You. Thanks for the call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi, Alicia and Drew. Hello. Hi. So uh, thanks for the year and a half of the information, humor, and political rhetoric. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking sane. about. <laughs> you kept me sane in all this, all this time of, of COVID and other things where I won't go. But um, I wish I could be at your party today, but uh, I'm in Ukiah boiling. And uh, my question to you today is, now the music in the parks are opening up all over Northern California and beyond. And uh, if you have any words of advice to keep us safe in this environment of dancers who have been locked up for a year and a half. It's an evocative image, but go on. Yes. Yes. No, I'm, I'm looking for how to get through it and... Uh, what you have for a 71 year old sure so you know I, I think outdoor events music um, events sort of social gatherings at this point are um, quite safe amongst the vaccinated um, 
you know, obviously you're not going to know the status of the person standing next to you. So I would keep a mask handy. And if it starts to feel crowded or claustrophobic or congested or aerosol-y, um, then put your, put your mask on. Um, and that, you know, that extra layer of protection, I think, is entirely manageable for the vast majority of us. The caveat, of course, remains those um, who have a suppressed immune system. Um, and, you know, that kind of an event is, I would submit, still probably more dangerous um, than anyone should um, submit themselves to just for an outdoor concert. I would just not attend that type of an event if you're vaccinated with a bad immune system. That's just the risk-benefit ratio there is not auguring for attendance. But it's also kind of a personal assessment. I mean, if if you're really sort of feeling the need to attend a concert and you're vaccinated and you're healthy, um, even at the age of 71 or 81, I think that's fine. If you're really nervous about it still, then, you know, sit it out for another summer. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're getting is the individual assessment of um, where we're where our comfort with this um, sits. Um, but in general, the risk to the fully vaccinated, immune-competent individual in an outdoor congregate event is quite, quite, quite low indeed. The risk of your contracting COVID and getting significantly sick from it, we're talking one in, you know, one in tens of thousands, if not one in hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I'm talking about the person that likes to dance crazily in the parks to the music. Yeah, I would just avoid that, you know, pandemic or no. But you mean yeah. getting like whipped in the face by a limb or something? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Like like doing your crazy dancing out there and everybody's out there dancing and you know, the all the bodily fluids, the sweat and the you know, because they're breathing hard and um, but you're in the open air setting and uh, if you put a mask on you'd probably in this heat, you know, pass out. Yeah, I'm trying I, to breathe. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, this, this crazy sort of dancing event with sweat and, 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 you know, aerosols flying everywhere. I, yeah, I, that, the risk there does go up a bit. You know, it sounds dreadful to me personally. So I, I, I leave that to your, your own assessment. But, uh, that sounds best avoided with or without the pandemic. Yeah, frankly. I was thinking that yeah. too. Oh, just be calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm never yeah, going to an outdoor dance again. 71, so okay. <laughs> okay. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Thanks so the call. much. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. All right. Oh, that just doesn't make it sound so yeah. fun. Yeah. Sweat Especially and Especially in Boreal Ukiah right now. Yeah, really. Extra sweat. Yeah. It's crazy hot. 895-2448. This is the number in the studio. This is the local coronavirus update. This is our last episode. We're happy to be here with you one more time. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hey, thank you. Um, Dr. Drew, um, I have a question. The first thing I want to say to you, thank you so much for all the work you've put in and all your radio appearances, keeping us all informed. I want to listen to you. Uh, you've been a great help to everyone around you, and thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words. You bet. So my question is this. I know a few I know a few older people. I know one person in particular who's seventy who isn't vaccinated, won't get vaccinated, and believes though undiagnosed, believes he contracted COVID early on and this must make him immune. Yeah. And I I hear that a lot. That's a very common belief set. 
So, um, just, just, I think I know your answer, but I just want to hear it out loud from you. Is there any logic to this reasoning at all? Yeah, there is. I mean, there, there's certainly a cohort of people who believe they got COVID even before COVID hit the news because we had a really nasty um, flu type of illness circulating um in the fall of 2019 um and some people got hammered by that and then covid came along and they affixed their illness to a covid an undiagnosed covid pandemic that swept through mendocino county before you know before it arrived in seattle the narrative around that is confused a bit because we do know that covid was probably circulating earlier than any of us recognized a year and a half ago. Um, But it almost certainly was not circulating in Mendocino County um, before, you know, before February or March of last year. We just weren't seeing sick patients with COVID coming in with COVID pneumonia, unrecognized COVID pneumonia back in November, December, January of 2019, Mm -hmm. early 2020. So I am skeptical as to whether any of these people actually had COVID really early on in the pandemic as they will, you know, adamantly insist. The Second, yeah. the second yeah. part of the discussion, um, I already had COVID, and so I'm not going to get the vaccine, um, is also, you know, really not borne out by the science on this, and you might know it, but it has become abundantly clear that the natural immunity induced by a COVID illness, um, and we're talking a natural immunity induced by a confirmed COVID illness, let alone a an imagined or suspected COVID illness, um, is not as potent, is not as durable, and is not as strong as immunity induced by the vaccine. And so that's a conver- that's a conversation that I have with with these type of individuals on a regular basis. Um, but you know, it's hard to move the needle on that because these in, these people feel like they are COVID survivors and aren't going to get it again. Um, and that may be true for a subset. Um, some of these people have, in fact, had COVID, probably not as early as um, you're alluding to, um, but they could still get it again. We do see people who've had COVID and they get it again, and some people actually get pretty sick from it when they get it again. So it's you know it's it's a long conversation to have with people, but that's kind of that's kind of the general outlines of where um, that belief set you know falls. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you very much, and um, uh, thanks again for all the great updates. And um, you know, you'll always have my praises. And uh, have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Hey, yeah. You know, one you. one thing I've been one one part of my conversation with people when I'm talking to them about getting the vaccine or not is. You know, the, the reality, the certainty that COVID will find us, right? One way or the other, um, we are going to develop immune antibodies to COVID, whether it's from a vaccine or whether it's because we haven't been vaccinated and we get COVID. That is inevitable at this point. It is, there's just too much of it. It is too prevalent in the population at this point. And so the question then should become whether you want to develop COVID antibodies in a controlled um, vaccine-induced manner um, with a natural uh, or a, a designed, shall we say, an engineered um, vaccine that produces antibodies in a very specific way, or do you want it in the chaotic and 
rather miserable um, fashion of a COVID illness. Where you'll have to come to the ER and Drew will try to talk you into the vaccine anyway. Well, maybe, you know, well, I'll certainly try to talk you into the vaccine. Um, But, you know, it's compounded because people, the problem is compounded for people because you have a vaccine that is significantly likely to make you feel bad for a day or two versus this abstract notion that I will get sick at some point from COVID with the reality being that some people just won't get very sick from it. You know, fortunately, the majority of people don't get very sick from COVID. And so it's a it's a difficult analysis, I think, for people to actually make. Um, and the, you know, the, the risk benefit analysis on this becomes confusing for all of us it's, for, for an ind- on the individual level yeah but it's yeah. very very simple on the community level or on the society level well it's it's yeah the risk is simple on the individual level as well it's just that it's an emotional sort of analysis around um risk that's very hard for us to internalize yeah all right well we've got many more calls so let's see how many folks we can hear from hello caller you are live on the air um, I was told that um, people are now getting COVID from people who have already been vaccinated. And what can Dr. Colfax tell us about that? That is incorrect. So people, oh. are, people who are vaccinated are not spreading COVID. Um, the vaccines do not contain any COVID. Um, you know, it's the the. the caveat to that um so it's it's quite clear that people it's impossible for people to spread covid from being vaccinated what can happen is some people who are vaccinated will still get covid right um and so those people can transmit covid though the data on that is pointing more and more toward the fact that this becomes a much decreased risk so fully vaccinated people even who unfortunately still get covid a don't get very sick from it typically and b don't appear to transmit it as much as um unvaccinated people with covid which is good which is why we've seen these covid numbers drop so precipitously in this country even with a you know 50 percent um vaccine uptake it's it's been enough to really considerably slow the pandemic um both locally statewide and through the country but vaccinated or not if you're covid positive you're in isolation right yeah no the the policy the public health policy is still the same if you're if you have covid whether you've been vaccinated or not you still have to go into isolation um and that that really hasn't changed and nor should it but the risk of your transmitting while you have covid is considerably diminished um and so if you're in a household for example if you have children for example and an adult gets covid um the likelihood of transmitting it to other household members while you're in isolation is much less if you're vaccinated how much less we don't really know but the numbers are pointing toward a significant decrease all right thank you very much and thank you both for all the shows thank you all right thanks for the question i know it's a question that a lot of people have Uh, because there's a lot of information out there that's not good that's not right and you hear it in the questions people ask you just having conversations it's pretty crazy but we're doing our best to navigate through it 707-895-2448 the phone lines are now open we have an email question yeah yeah let's do the email do you think it is reasonably safe for 40 fully vaccinated adults to get together for a four-day retreat Activities such as meals, discussion groups, and singing would both be indoors and outdoors. 
People will be sharing indoor sleeping spaces. The goal is outdoors as much as possible, but some activities will be indoors. Vaccine proof is required for participants and staff. Well, first off, that kind of a retreat just sounds horrible to me. So I, I, would, I would just n- recommend not having something like that, period, full stop. But from a COVID perspective, um, I, I think that's actually um, fine. Um, if everybody's vaccinated, if everybody's comfortable with a risk assessment, and I presume people will be because they will be attending something like this, then I, I don't see any problem with that. COVID's not the problem. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Sounds yeah. fun to me. Well, oh well, to yeah. each their own. Exactly. <laughs> okay, eight nine five two four four eight. Here is our next caller. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi, I have a poem for you guys. Hooray, that is awesome. Thank you. Let's hear it. I can't wait. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I've been writing a series uh, called the COVID nineteen Chronicles and. This is one of them. COVID-19, the radio doc. He's a homie. Come back to his people, the one you remember as a kid, and now he has kids of his own, and he's here to tell us all horrors and hallelujahs, to answer questions, to ask some of his own to help us all load up pandemic baggage and truck it out of town. If you could see me, you would see that I'm blushing because that's that was very sweet. But, uh, it was awesome. I, I'm glad this is radio. Let's just say that. Thank you. Thank you for that. He's oh, a homie. I will miss you guys. <laughs> But I'm glad you're giving yourselves a rest, too. Okay. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. wonderful to hear from you. Thank you. And I'm glad you got vaccinated. Yes, me (laughs) too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Do you have a poem? (laughs) A a what? A poem? Any other kind of Uh, spoken art? No, go ahead and ask your question. Sorry. (laughs) okay yeah it caught me off guard there um i was trying to come up with one and then i was like oh man um anyways i just want to thank both you guys first off for being there beyond the good health advice and keeping us informed um it's been a rather lonesome time for a lot of us and the familiar voice has always been something i've looked forward to so thank you guys so much um last friday my partner got her second moderna vaccine and she's had blood in her stool and I'm wondering if that's something that uh, is common or uncommon. She went into the clinic to go get um, some kind of test. She doesn't know what kind of test she got, but I'm wondering what specific test we should get, um, if, you know, what your thoughts are on that, um, if it's related to the vaccine or possibly or not. Yeah, probably not, actually. I mean, I, I don't want to say definitively, but that's not one of the 
um, side effects or the consequences um, of uh, any of these three vaccines that we have available. So I suspect that the that the proximity to getting the second Moderna shot is more coincidental than anything else. I haven't seen much data on blood in the GI tract from these vaccines. What what we are seeing, um, and I've seen, um, and some of my colleagues have seen, is um, inflammation, um, myocarditis um, from the vaccine. That is actually, I suspect, going to ultimately prove to be a bit more common um, than we currently understand. It's mild, it's self-limiting, but it, it can be pretty unpleasant. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's still fairly rare, um, but I've seen one person, I know a few other cases, um, just in this county of what is probably going to prove to be vaccine-induced inflammation of the heart, which goes away after a day or two, um, doesn't have any lasting effects, um, typically. I mean, I'm sure there'll be an unlucky individual somewhere in this country who has some long-term effects from that but typically it's a pretty benign self-limiting thing but but gi bleeding no that's not really on the list um so you know whatever tests they got at the clinic i i would suspect are adequate um at this point in terms of trying to assess what's causing it great thank you and i know the the vaccine's still being studied a lot and there's probably not too much data on this but um have there been any thing is there anything to worry about with breastfeeding um I've heard some stories that there is and some that you actually no, get immunity from it. Yeah, so if if you're breastfeeding, um, the data is pointing fairly robustly toward getting vaccinated because you're going to uh, transmit those antibodies to your baby. Um, and it's going to be quite a while before infants or small children are going to be eligible for a vaccine. So that would be a great way to give your, your child um, an immunity. Um from you know the the mother being vaccinated and that's not there's there's no data and there's really no biologically plausible mechanism where this would be harmful to the infant so i've seen you know i've there's rumors and there's talk about how it can be harmful in some way to infants that's that's all bunk um frankly and you know i work with multiple um women who are nursing and are vaccinated so healthcare providers who've looked at this and thought about it are you know, falling on the side of getting the vaccine, either while pregnant um, or certainly while lactating. Okay, and then last question. Sorry, um, how far are how far out are we from full FDA approval? I suspect that will happen sometime in August. It might be pushed into September. That's that's my gestalt. That's kind of where I've seen. But who knows? I mean, FDA is a black box, really. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Doctor. Yep. All Thank right. you, Alicia. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks for the questions. It was a marginally poetic question, I suppose. Impactful. Yes. All right. Oh, let's take our next call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, hi, Drew. This is Steve Fish. Hi, I Steve. I just wanted to compliment you on a job well done. Hi. And um, since you're now a radio personality... <laughs> What's next? Well, this full disclosure, you'll probably be hearing my chainsaw a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, that's all. I don't yeah. want to take up time. <laughs> well, thank you for the call, Steve. Is, yeah. that, is, is this a neighbor? It is a neighbor, yes. Ah, yeah. out, right. out in the woods. He appreciates yeah. three to four, the silence on Monday afternoons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, this is the local coronavirus update. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. And we have about, I don't know, about 15 minutes left here in the last edition of the local coronavirus update. Uh, established March of 2020. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was March. Maybe a couple breaks I'd here and there. I'd have to go back to my, my little folded cards. <laughs> you don't keep those, do you? I did it in the beginning, little but little now I have a whole stack on my little corner in our cabin. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> 707-895-2448. Now the phone lines are lighting up, so let's go ahead and take another call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi, so um, this is kind of a convoluted question. My 10-year-old granddaughter was on a camping trip, and she just got back. But while she was on her camping trip, her mom was uh, diagnosed with COVID, who lives in Oakland. Now, um, I've been vaccinated, but I'm cautious about picking her up and uh, what to do with her. Because uh, she's been tested today, and, and it, it, um, I guess I'm curious: Do I, you know, bring my granddaughter home with me? Has she or, been back to see her mom with COVID? No, no. And how many days has no. she been out she's, camping? Uh, she left on Thursday, and she came back last night. She's still with friends. Okay, and when and, did the mom and, uh, start to become symptomatic, do you know? Uh, like Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a little bit difficult. I mean, you're vaccinated. She's not because she's I'm not eligible yet. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it the risk of her having it from her mom when the mom was potentially shedding the virus in an asymptomatic phase of illness um, is there. It's probably pretty low risk, um, but I have to say probably because it's certainly not zero risk. Um, The risk to you of the daughter bringing COVID into your house and then spreading it to you is, you know, much lower even yet, just because there are several, you know, several things that would have to right. go wrong. Right, and I've been vaccinated. Exactly. So her brother, who's younger, was tested, and he does. He was he tested negative. Yeah, and, and he did not go camping. Yeah. So you know, for the for the for the ten year old um, who's tested negative, you know, the risk to you is probably pretty low, and it would probably be you know quite safe for her to stay with you for the duration of mom's illness, if that's you know where the family's yeah, collective, kind of my question. collectively yeah. headed. You know, it's it it's not zero risk to you, but you're fully vaccinated, and we know that this vaccine works extremely well, and we also know that kids don't spread it very much. So the likelihood that she would have contracted it from her asymptomatic mom is carrying it right now asymptomatically and testing negative and then spreading it to you and making you get sick. That's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of things that have to line up in a bad way. Um, and so I, I think it's, you know, reasonably safe, presuming that you are reasonably healthy, uh, for her to yeah. just de camp to your house while the mom quarantines or isolates excuse me um right. during her during her illness 
Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I, there are no there are no absolutes, um, obviously, but the 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 picture that you're painting um, points toward her staying with grandma um, while mom mm-hmm. convalesces with COVID at home. Right. And by the way, she was um, my daughter was an anti-vaxer, and she said today anybody who. Uh, wants to question vaccine could talk to should talk to her because she wish she had it. Yeah, I, I I see that a lot in people who have COVID these days. It's you know it's a painful conversation to have when somebody says I haven't been vaccinated and ninety minutes later their COVID test comes back positive and they feel like they've been hit by a freight train uh, with right. COVID. It's you know there's there's buyer's remorse there. Let's just say that. Um, and you know I've contemplated bringing people on the show or trying to get people to call in uh, with that experience but i you know i don't want to be unkind and i you know it's hard to sort of it's hard to broach that it's hard to broach that in a delicate way yeah Yeah. and she's how is she doing is she really sick well she's um she's getting better but um yeah she um she was pretty sick yeah Yeah. for a couple days and um and you know i mean it affects her work it affects how she can't get her daughter. I mean, it affects everything in her life right now. Yeah, and you know, yeah. it's and hopefully she doesn't end up, you know, with the long COVID, if you will. Um, which right. the, the more we see around that, the more um, pernicious I think it's going to ultimately prove. I mean, there's still I'm seeing people who still just don't feel right after after months of recovering from what you know was a fairly you know self limiting um, and ultimately benign illness, but still just having fatigue and chest pain and shortness of breath that goes on and on and on and on and on um and we really don't have an end point on that yet just because we're still fairly new to all this right right and of course you know we all believe it's not going to hit us like that but apparently it does (laughs) okay well thank you very much thank you all right caller thank you yeah it really seems like it is very prevalent now very prevalent like anywhere you go it's in the air right in Mendocino County, at least, you know it's 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 kind of the sugar dissolving in the pot of water model, right? I mean, it, it's fully dispersed uh, through the county. You know, early on, people wanted to know where the four people who Remember? had COVID uh, lived, and they wanted the street address so they could go, you know, pick at that house or whatever they're going to do. I don't know. There was something um, about taking pictures. I or? don't. Yeah, it's all it was all sort of crazy. But yeah. now, you know, it's. It's everywhere, um, and unfortunately, it tends to congregate, as illnesses always do, in um, the lower-income households that are more congregate, um, you know, multi-generations living together, um, and that's, you know, that's reflected in, in the county's demographic numbers on, you know, where we're seeing this still. It's still um, disproportionately hitting the um, Spanish-speaking community um with great deal um, uh, higher numbers, it's still dispropor- slightly disproportionately in the Ukiah Valley area. Um, but you know whether things are going to you know change really is still just a question of vaccine uptake in these communities. And that's our future, right? That's from here until the end of time. I don't know when yeah. ever. <laughs> okay, we've got until uh, the next pandemic. The f- then we can do it all again. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll need to get another tattoo. Another tattoo? Oh, my, my coronavirus tattoo. Oh, I think... Okay. <laughs> we'll just get a series of different pandemic yeah. tattoos from yeah. different pathogens. Yeah. yeah. 
Sounds good. Hey, caller, you are live on the air. What is your coronavirus tattoo? My coronavirus tattoo? I'm sorry, I don't have one, but I do have a little poem that I wrote after I heard the first one. Wow, Uh, speed poetry. Go for it. So good. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Bear with me here because I'm trying to drive, too. (laughs) So it's roses are red, violets are blue. I didn't get COVID because of you. I am still alive because of a P95. I did not set it out in the sun. I did not wash it with water, but I even bought one for my daughter. I listen to you every afternoon and sometimes at night. How dare somebody call you and blame you for gaslight? And for that, I am done. I thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm vaccinated. I'm loving life. I didn't get COVID. Um, I listened to you from day one. And I'm going to miss this show. Well, I, I really appreciate that phone call. This is one of the, the most enjoyable phone calls I think we've had <laughs> the entire show. I, that was awesome. Thank you. And and while driving, nonetheless. Talking, know. driving, and writing poetry. Well done. Oh, yeah. yeah just now want... I'm stuck in the ditch, but I'll get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a good one. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That was fabulous. <laughs> Let's do another one. Hey, caller. Oops. Hey, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, I was wondering if um, there's any information on which of the vaccines is less likely to cause the myocarditis. Yeah. So the the. The main culprit, I think, I mean, this is still preliminary and the, you know, the CDC is gathering this information, the FDA is gathering this information still. But I think ultimately the Janssen or Johnson & Johnson uh, single dose is going to be proven or found to be slightly more likely to produce these inflammatory conditions. Uh, The other two, the Pfizer and the Moderna, I I think are more or less interchangeable and I ultimately predict that they're going to have a lower incidence of, of this. Okay. Okay. Great. Which is unfortunate because the, the you know the single dose vaccine really works well for sort of pop up vaccine things. You don't have to worry about finding that person again three or four weeks later for the second dose. Right. Um, I don't want to overstate it. I mean the 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 numbers the the data still shows you know the benefit of this vaccine far far outweighs the small risk of this um, adverse uh, vaccine induced um, condition, which again is self limiting and generally um, not dangerous, though can be unpleasant, much like the vaccine side effects that many of us have experienced um, you know, after receiving the dose. I mean, my, my, my boys, my teenage boys, just got their second dose a week ago, and they were just exhausted the next day. They were just laid out um, you know, for about 12 hours, and then, yep. then they recovered. And you know, that's, it's better than COVID by a long shot, even for a 13-year-old. It wasn't actually much different from other days of the summer that my son <laughs> just stays in bed. <laughs> but well, that's yeah. called being a teenager, I guess. Exactly, yeah. which he is, and yeah. he that's exactly what happened to him, too, just yeah. laid out for, I think his was a little more like 24 hours, but maybe he milked it. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, thanks, caller. Hey, caller, you are live on the air. Oh, hi. That last, the one before last was a hard act to follow. Indeed, um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you so much for the show. <laughs> it's been my pleasure. And um, But I have a question. Um, I was talking to someone today who had 
announced that she would not be vaccinated, and she said that um, if she got it, um, there was a good uh, um, treatment now for it. Is that true? Um, I wouldn't say a good treatment. Um, there have been some advances in terms of managing people with COVID. Um, but in terms of you know there being something curative or that's going to significantly alter the disease course, kind of. You know, not great though. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like uh, antibiotics for a skin infection or for a bacterial pneumonia. You take the antibiotics and things get better. We don't have anything like that. The biggest advances um, are really the steroids, but those are for moderately to severely sick individuals. And then there's some developing evidence um, around a couple other agents um, that help shorten the duration of the illness and do reduce mortality. But when you're talking about reduction in mortality, you're talking about people that have pretty serious illness. And so, boy, that is not something I would want to hang my hat on. The, the treatment options for this are still you know, frighteningly limited. We've learned a lot about how to manage people with COVID. We've learned um, that a lot of things that we were doing early on were actually making things worse with COVID, which is why there's such high mortality early on, particularly in New York, when we were putting people on ventilators, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're not making things worse, um, you know, from our learning experience on this. But in terms of really having a silver bullet to knock COVID out once you're infected, no, there's there's nothing like that yet. All right, caller, thank you for that. And that's going to be our last call. That's going to do it. We've just got a couple minutes left. Wow. Want to leave a little time for goodbyes, and we're going to leave them with a song. I think. Sounds good. Is that right? Okay, so what do you And it's to- not going to be bad news. No, not bad well, news. Really? No, we're really? going to leave him with a nice thought for the future. Yeah, all right. All um, right. Any last words you want to leave folks with for this phase of the local coronavirus update? Oh, it's been a pleasure. Um, I've had a lot of fun learning about COVID with everybody else. It's been fun feeling people's calls, even the people who disagree with me, even even the person I cut off, um, which was scandalous, I know. Um, but it's, it really has been a pleasure, and it's, it's been an interesting odyssey um, over the last year and a half. We're not through it yet, but I think for our listeners, we kind of know the parameters. I promise I'll be back if needed, if things change in some drastic way or even semi-drastic way over the coming months. Um, But in the meantime, be kind, be COVID safe, um, and let's stay in touch. And I want to thank you so much for, I know how much work this is. I've been here with you. It does take some time. (laughs) It does, and it it takes your whole Monday, or at least your whole Monday afternoon, and you do have a family and a career and a homestead and all of that. So it was a tremendous service and a gift to us here in Mendocino County. Thank you so much. And it's been really fun doing it with you. It's been a pleasure. Yep. All right, so on that, I'm Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. We are signing off. We're going to go back to our regular schedule now with Reveal returning to its Monday afternoon spot. Uh, And we are going to leave you with just a few seconds of We Believe in Happy Endings. Take care, y'all. Who can tell just how it starts? Angry words and broken hearts till silently we sit apart you and I but in a while the anger's gone and 
we forget who's right or wrong, then one of us will end it all with just a smile. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.